The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. And here in studio, I'm joined by Green Party councillor Hazel Chu, of course, former Dublin Lord Mayor and Emmett Oliver, financial commentator and lecturer at uh, UCD and TCD business schools. Hazel, I suppose the thing about the uh, Dublin airport at this point, in one way, it is positive that there are no queues. Compared to the chaos there was, this is a good thing. But the unpredictability will drive people crazy. The notion that you arrive out four and a half hours before your flight and sit in an empty airport. Yep, and I remember one listener and texter during the week saying that she got there early, uh, she did everything, but then she uh, got to back check and realised there was no uh, airline staff there. So obviously there is a disconnect and I, I know Graham McQueen was on yesterday uh, yesterday on Clareburn Live to say they are talking to the airlines as well. It seems like every uh, day they're talking to new people and that's good because you can see it's good today. Agree, yeah. oh, I, you can talk to anybody you like, it doesn't oh, achieve oh, anything. Yeah. Exactly. So on a production level, this has been what I, from a festival background, called a bit of a production fail. So because it obviously it's not something that they didn't predict, but they uh, failed to uh, uh, prepare for it early. They're now preparing for it, which is great because you see the results today. But we are going to go into a very busy summer. So more busy than, than any other time we've seen in the last few years. So their contingencies better be up to scratch, because if it's not, you're going to have people who are going to be missing flights, going to be outside and going to be miserable. And it looks like to a large extent, if we go by the reporting, particularly in the Irish Independent today, uh, Emmett, it is a problem of their own making. The Indo is saying that Dublin airport officials are now raising the possibility of recalling security staff who left the company with golden handshakes worth 150 grand. In other words, they handed security staff €150,000 to take early retirement or redundancy to go away and now they're trying to coax them back in and, the, and apparently the unions are saying no, no chance lads. Yeah, I mean it just hints at the level of desperation out there. I'm actually one of the people you're talking about. I'm flying out of here later this month on a long haul flight. So we'll I was absolutely wet at every word that Michael had there, right? So I, I'm going to have to go there four and a half hours beforehand. I'm like planning this like a military campaign. Like there's combat fatigues, water, uh, wheelbarrows of documents. Because remember, you've got to have an ESTA test, or sorry, an ESTA form mm. and a PCR test to go to the United States. So it's the things we don't even talk about on top of the delay so I'm getting very nervous and I think you're right about the bag drop you're hearing a lot of the DEA commentary is kind of like and there'll be a bag drop leave time for that but you don't really know could it be 40 minutes 50 minutes for your bag drop so I think it's still a nightmare I think the government are going to be getting increasingly nervous they could be sitting around on the summer hazel but no the doll is normally in recess there's a whole lot of other news obviously there's Ukraine but the, 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 the government could be just sitting on this hook getting hit on this airport issue from month after month until eventually the numbers cool off later in the summer. What do you make of the, the apparent, at least the reported, union objections to the, the rehiring, albeit the temporary rehiring of the staff who have been golden handshaked out? Well, I mean, look, I understand from the DA's point of view, any port of the storm, wherever they can get people, but it's absolutely a desperate example to give people 150000 in redundancy, however well personally deserved it may be, and then say, here, come back in again. I mean, it just, why would anyone in future, anyone would take the next redundancy deal hoping they get a phone call six months later with 150,000 in the back pocket. I mean, remember, these kind of deals are done all across companies all over the place. But do passengers care? Passengers want extra security officers. They but probably the, don't care about that. That can be done quite happily in the private sector. There are loads of instances where there is a redundancy, and you now it, it doesn't tend to be a week and a half after, mm. but <laughs> where the person who has got it is you, does either freelance work or, or consultancy work with the organisation. So why can't DAA do it? No, they can, but I'm just saying it's not good practice. It's not good practice to hand out a whole wadge of money 
and then say, oh, come back in again. What was the purpose of the original exit package? There, there was a reason. And normally it's people who have reached a certain age in their job, they want to go, they are not looking to come back. That's the whole point. Uh, Hazel, do you want to add on that? Yeah, no? I was about to say, and to that point, Anton, you, you have people who are exiting who have this golden hand, handshake and then you have newcomers who are coming in at desperately low pay. So if you hired, like I've seen it uh, in, in private practices and private corporations where people come back in as your freelance, as you call it, and the ones who are the underlings who start from the bottom are just aghast because they're the ones working 18, 16 hours a day uh, on really low pay. And what you need then to look at here is better pay conditions across the board to attract more staff. So let's not look at the hiring people back with that have been given golden handshakes. Let's look at increasing the average pay. No, I think in, in this the reason that Dublin Airport in this instance are trying to bring people back in obviously who are previously there is it is faster because they are already trained up and security oh, no, clear. Uh, of course. So, hence so. the incentive on them. Can we move on to a, a different story which is the, the issue of the video of uh, Michaela Macarivi or rather not of her but of the uh, songs being sung uh, by loyalists about the her killing. What was your reaction when you saw it? Like everyone else is disgusted. So it was uh, sad because this was someone who died in very tragic circumstances who have family who are still mourning and grieving her even though it's a, a, a number of years later. And you have then this video of people very happy, cheering and, and singing the song. And the thing is, they all knew the words. So it's not like they, uh, the apology I saw yesterday didn't seem like an apology because of the song but seemed like an apology because they got caught. So And I don't think there's room for that hate anymore. Not that there ever was, but there's definitely not room when you look at the uh, different voting patterns of the North recently. People are tired of the same old crap let's sorry if I'm allowed to say that word on uh, uh, on air but like they, you, you see that there's been a rise of the alliance vote the Sinn Féin though victorious uh, they've said the same in numbers so the DUP vote is the one who collapsed so People, average people are tired across the board of, of the differences of the sectarianism, yet somehow you have uh, the uh, Orange Hall and uh, Orange Order able to do this and it shouldn't, it shouldn't be the case. Were you surprised by it, Emmett? Because I would have thought within a certain chunk, obviously a relatively, we hope, relatively small chunk of the community, but that's, that's predictable, No. Exactly, and we, we've kind of kind of deluded ourselves in the last few months. As Hazel says, the Alliance Party are growing. We talk about integrated education. But there's a terrible base of sectarianism in Northern Ireland, mm-hmm. which we just lift up the rock and it's there. And it's on both sides. I'm sure there'll be social media clips in the next few months from certain Republican heartland areas. I'm not sure. I'm not saying it's all on one side, right? It's going to be on both sides at some point in time. And there is that base sectarianism in Northern Irish society. It's anything that belittles or demeans the other side is OK to certain people, right? That's just the way it is. You go to a Celtic or Rangers game, it's it's hitting the other side. And unfortunately, the politics that we talk is the elevated stuff. It's the, the endless discussions in, in Hillsborough. There, there's all the stuff in, in London with the protocol and all that. But down at ground level, with the peace walls and all the rest, go to Belfast this afternoon, people are still deeply divided. And there's that base sectarianism. It's not everywhere. It's improving. Yeah, I was but sometimes, say, we, there, forget, there sometimes we forget that it's yeah. still there at all. It is absolutely still there. But I was up canvassing uh, a few times in the last, uh, before the election just there. And on the ground, to Emmett's point, there, it is there. You, you have doors that will go, no, I'm voting orange, I'm voting green. And you have that 
you, you have that dislike and that othering. But vast majority of people, even in certain areas I went to, the UP strongholds, were very much going, you know what, I'm sick and tired of this. So, and, and that was good to see that people were willing to build that bridge. But that bridge hasn't been completely built yet. To Emma's point, you have that othering and videos like these and, and actions like these just deepen it because it kind of encourages people, you know, it's okay to do this. I don't want to step too firmly on, on Bobby's toes because it may be something that he is covering later on. But the personal insolvency uh, agreements, Emmett, th- I want to talk to you about this because th- some of the details have emerged of some of the largest ones that have gone through. This was, of course, the answer to solving Ireland's 12 year bankruptcy, where when you went into bankruptcy, you were locked in it for more than a decade trying to um, do what you could for your creditors. The system now, I think it's, is it a year is the, the total duration? Give us a sense of some of the types of numbers that we're seeing in, in the well, latest. Well, the one that leaps out of the page in the independent reporting is 122 million euro settlement for one particular individual. I mean, let's just go back a little bit of the history of this, Anton. This was brought in in 2012 as, as a, an answer, as you said, to our Victorian debt laws that were entrapping people for decades paying back debt. I don't actually believe the spirit of that resolution at that time is reflected in what's going on here. It wasn't meant to preserve the status anxiety problems of certain individuals. And I'm not commenting on anyone in the paper because they all have very well expensive uh, lawyers often listening to these shows. But what I am saying is I don't think this was in the spirit. What this was aimed at was helping out people on ordinary enough incomes with one mortgage, with one house, etc. It wasn't meant to set free people. And, and the other thing, if you go on the internet, you'll see all the big four accountancy firms are very active in this space. And what they pledge to do is always, always, always keep the family home, which on the surface sounds like a good thing. There's families there. Let them keep their home. But getting onto the housing issue, which is connected to this, do people really deserve to keep their family home no matter what the debt outstanding is? Do they deserve to keep their status in society no matter what can they trade down because an ordinary person would have to sell their house and trade down to a smaller house right? that's you, what's do meant you down. Not, do you and not face the these figures, that the family home relates to the family sure, and that, that sure. your spouse but, if you have one has certain but did you not remember the, the row over Gorse Hill out on the Kalani coast mm-hmm. I mean that man did not want to sell his house he was asked to move to a smaller less commodious house that most people would think was a pretty sweetheart deal you know, reasonably so we, we've almost and then of course the other thing that irritates me about these deals is it's like it's free money. This 122 is written off. This 10 million is written off. It's not written off. Somebody's picking up the tab for that money. Either us, if it's via NAMA, the banks, which is again the bank shareholder, or possibly the Irish taxpayer that capitalised them over this period. So it's not free money. Now, I'm not saying we should absolutely pursue people to the end degree, but there is the balanced question. And I think well, when you look at those cases, in that when you read now. those cases this morning, <laughs> your only conclusion could be, this is excessive. Right? This is this is not the spirit of what was set up in the legislation. Just to let you know, um, Graham McQueen, the uh, spokesperson for Dublin Airport, has been in touch to say, just listening to the show, the independent story regarding us possibly bringing back security officers who opted for voluntary redundancy is categorically untrue. We are not looking to rehire those staff. It is not even possible under the terms and conditions of their redundancy package. So the Dublin Airport Authority there closing the door very firmly on any suggestion that they were attempting to rehire former workers. Yes, Hazel. Well, if Graeme's listening, can we ask him who he is hiring then? Because we, we will need more staffing on the ground and especially coming into summer season. Hazel Chu, a former Dublin Lord Mayor and Green Party Councillor, Emmett Oliver, financial commentator and lecturer at UCD and TCD Business Schools. Thank you both very much. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.